Minds Unknown. If you're within the sound of my voice, you're listening to Welcome Home Podcast for the DBC. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 22 of Welcome Home, a Disney Parks and Vacation Club podcast. I'm Tom. I'm here with Damon and Trevor. How's it going, guys? Hey, doing good, Tom. Good. Good to have you back, Trevor. Yes, thanks. Yeah, sorry. I, uh, I wasn't able to make it to the last one, but it sounds like you guys had uh, had a good time on the podcast. So <laughs> We did, but there were a couple times where it was like, you know, if Trevor was here, he would know the answer to this. Yes, I know. I you you, you should have texted me. I, I probably would have <laughs> would have answered. <laughs> Just in the moment, texted you. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I probably would have been confused, but I probably would have uh, would have responded back quickly. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. Well, yeah, we missed having you on last episode, but uh, it was a great episode with Nick from a uh, from a DVC resale market. It was good to have him on again, and uh, you know, one of these times. Uh, we'll have him on again when I, when you're here, Trevor, so you can also ask him questions, too. So. Yes, for sure. I, w- I would love to uh, actually have a conversation with Nick, because I actually haven't so far. <laughs> That's true. You haven't. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll get you there. We'll, we'll get that to happen. So Yeah, for sure. Anyway, before we uh, get into any of the, the topics that we have going on, and, uh, you know, we, we got a, a ton of new listeners, which is great. And so thanks to those that are listening right now, uh, especially new listeners. But uh, I, I talked about this several episodes ago and and realized I didn't talk about it at all in the last episode, which is fine. But I had just come back from a trip to Disney's Hilton Head Resort, which, uh, you know, I don't think any of us had been to previously. Damon, I don't think you had been right before. I had been. Um, I didn't stay there. Oh, that's what I'm saying. You haven't been to the resort, though. I've been to the resort. Oh, okay. You just just didn't stay there. Okay. I get you. You just I used my finagling and uh, got into the resort. (laughs) I got the full tour, um, but no, I did not stay there. Okay, gotcha. But I've been Um, to Hilton Head like twenty years in a row. Oh wow! Yeah, so that's a lot. Yeah, so I'm actually I'm I'm yeah I'm pretty well versed in the area. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And those of you that don't know the the area, you know, it's it's uh it's in South Carolina uh, on an island. Uh, and actually, the resort itself is on a separate little island. You actually have to cross a bridge to get to it. But part of the reason I stayed there was because the points are dirt cheap this time of year because it is off season. It's winter time, obviously. But typically in Hilton Head this time of year, the weather's still pretty nice. Now. We didn't get that lucky. Uh, it was supposed, oh, no. to, yeah, it was supposed to be seventies when we were going, and then uh, a whole cold front came through, and it was about mid forties. Plus, we're right on the ocean, so there was wind, a lot of wind. So it was pretty cold. <laughs> it was it was a really cold trip. Um, I so I will say though, we spent for three nights there. It was six points uh, for one night and twelve points for the other two nights apiece. So I mean, really, not a lot of points for for a stay in a in a studio uh, at at Hilton Head. Really, really nice accommodations. Really enjoyed the grounds. The nicest cast members I've ever talked to. They were just super pleasant and really accommodating. Very nice. Um, you know, when we checked in, they were they went through like everything at the resort. They were super thorough. It was like the most thorough check in I've ever had anywhere. Uh, tons of activities and things like that. Now, mostly oriented towards kids. You know, obviously. Uh, but 
just tons of things to do there. Super friendly people. Uh, you know, really nice resort. Really pretty there. Um, we had we I don't know, and I was documenting this, so I'm sure some of you saw some pictures on our Facebook page. And if you're not, uh, f- uh, if you haven't liked our Facebook, go ahead and do that. It's Welcome Home Podcast on Facebook. Uh, but I shared a bunch of pictures from the resort. Uh, some really you know pretty shots and uh, a couple different food items. First of all, you can get a Dole Whip there, so we did. And that's uh, important. It is very important. <laughs> <laughs> so you can actually get a Dole Whip at their at at the main location as well as their beach house as well. So you can get get them at both places, which they did make sure to tell us a check in. <laughs> that was I'm, one I'm, of the check in items. I, they I'm sure them. they get asked about that a lot. <laughs> oh, I'm sure they do. It's funny though because she goes it, it, the the girl at the desk goes. So I don't know if you guys know what a Dole Whip is or not. And I was like, we're familiar. You know, like you don't have to go through what it is. <laughs> we, we know what it is. So, um, but super, super friendly. Like I said, the Dole Whip was amazing. Uh, I kind of, we, they have a specialty breakfast there that is um, banana bread, salted caramel, French toast. And man, it was, it wasn't like Tonga toast and that, you know, Tonga toast is huge, but I kind of called it like their version of Tonga toast because this was like, it was a French toast, obviously. It was so good. There's, so good. Actually, there's, there's actually a better uh, French toast, because I've actually had that as well, but there's a better one down the street at a restaurant that's a creme brulee French toast oh, um, wow. at another restaurant. So, you know, the big thing about Hilton Head is a lot of really good places to eat. Um, so that's always always something to do as well. If you're a little bit of a foodie, there's some, um, you know, Food Channel, you know, winners and chefs in the area with restaurants. So there's a lot, lot in that area to do from the food standpoint. Yeah, and that's a good point. And, you know, it is good to note, too, that there are no full service restaurants on Disney's Hilton Head Resort. Stacks. That's yep. what it is. Stacks yep. is the place. That is right down the road from there. It yeah, is. Absolutely. Um, but it is good to note that if you are going to stay there, there are no, like, sit-down, full-service restaurants there. They're both, like, kind of quick-serve restaurants, you know, burger, hot dog-type places um, that do have breakfast as well. But there's, it's not like... It's not like when you go to Disney World and every single resort has a, you know, kind of like even a food court, like sit down type of place. It's not really like that there. Uh, they have just kind of little quick service areas. Um, I will say, though, it was cold. It was really cold out and they had um, they had hot cocoa and they had um, uh, a hot apple cider in the lobby, you know, just for anybody to take, which was pretty nice. It was a nice little nice little thing that they did, uh, considering how cold it was out uh, and you know, so that was that was a great part of it. But we, we really had a good time. We got to meet um, Shadow, who was the uh, only animal mascot of a Disney resort, which is pretty cool. Um, so, did you guys know about Shadow? Did you? Yeah, I, I, I was actually aware of Shadow. I know um, he's he's been around for a long time, and yeah, I, I, I think it's cool that uh, that they they took the time to do that. Right? It's uh, I, I think it's kind of one of the the draws that it's it, like cause Hilton Head's supposed to be very um, like I, I don't even know how to describe it like a like a cottage or something like that right like it's it's not supposed to be like a it, they're trying not to be like a big resort right yeah even yeah. though they it's, are it's a pretty small <laughs> resort and so so the, the big thing about Hilton Head is is that there's a lot of different rules and regulations about housing so you can go to see a walmart and as tom can probably tell you the walmart colors are, are not available right so there's a lot yeah. of different you know thing so they have to accommodate for the building codes there which which makes it a, a little bit more homey in general and again the colors of hilton head are the colors of hilton head there are a lot of restrictions on that so yeah. it's a little bit of a different feel right it's not as 
loud. And not that Disney's loud, but you know what I mean. It's it's but, not uh, like that. It's it, a little it, it's limited. not Disney. It's Hilton Head. Is Correct. What it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Okay. And and I mean there are touches of Disney all around the resort. Obviously, you know there's there's Mickey's everywhere, and you know there's there's all sorts. I, we were laughing because at one point we're walking around the resort and we're hearing like the same kind of ambient music you hear in the parks that we just love. You know, like I know Trevor, you're a big big ambient <laughs> park music person, like I yep. am. And I, I we're just walking around, and I'm like, I feel like we're in Disney World right now because this just sounds. And then I'm trying to identify it. I'm like, is this from a certain part of Disney World, or is this unique to to this resort? Or, but it was just, it felt like you were in Disney World. It was kind of funny uh, in that way, and I, it made me want to like get on a get in my car and drive the rest of the way to Disney because you're like <laughs> about five hours from Disney at that point, and it's like, ah, oh, man, we could do it. <laughs> you know, but, you know, just a day uh, trip will be fine. <laughs> yeah, it'll be fine. We'll leave early in the morning. You know, it's just. But uh, no, we didn't do that. But but overall, great stay. Uh, I you know had a ton of fun there. Uh, really, really nice resort. And like I said, it was really cheap points. Now during on like during, when the season is you know full time, uh, you know with summertime, uh, the points are a lot more there. Obviously, but because we went in the off season time, we also noticed that like it seemed like most of the people that were staying there were either on their way to or on their way back from Disney World. Because uh, we we overheard a lot of conversations of you know cast members interacting with guests and you know oh are you coming back from Disney World and it's like oh yeah this is our first day we're you know back and or we're heading there tomorrow and so it was definitely a lot of that uh, as part of the resort too it seems like a great place for people to stop like a halfway point if you're driving um, but the one, other thing I wanted to mention because obviously this is a hot button issue right now is the new security procedures which are taking place at. Hilton Head as well. So even even though it's not at uh, a Disney World uh, Resort, it's it's still happening in Hilton Head. Um, we actually found it to be not a problem at all. And so one day, every time we were in our room, we had the room occupied, uh, you know, uh, placards that go on your door instead of the do not disturb. And so we, we put it out every time we were in the room. No one actually came and knocked on our door at any point. And in fact, at one point, we had it on there while we were in the room. And they, we got a call from the front desk in the room saying, hey, you guys have your room occupied sign out. We need to do the security check. Is now a good time or can we come back later? Uh, you know, what would be a better time? So they didn't knock on our door. They didn't harass us. They didn't try to come in. None of that happened to us. Um, one of the days and then the second day, we actually, as we were walking in, the person was knocking on our door as we were walking to the door uh, to do the security check. So we found it to be non-invasive, really just minor, not not even a minor inconvenience. They were there for a couple minutes. And uh, like I said, they were super respectful about it because they actually called us because we had the room occupied thing out instead of even knocking on the door. So uh, that was neat. Uh, the other thing I found kind of hilarious, and I also posted this on Facebook, is that the room keys are the old key to the world cards that they used to use at Disney World. And everybody has seen these cards. They know what these cards look like. If you've been to Disney World before Magic Bands existed, this is what you had. And they have these at Hilton Head. That's what they use. And it was funny. Like, all the signs inside of the of the room say Walt Disney World Resort on them. None of them say Hilton Head. They all... It's kind of like they're just reusing, uh, you know, the same things that they use at Disney World Resort, which I guess makes make sense. It just... It made me laugh, and it made me keep thinking, you know, I kind of want to go down to Disney World. So, <laughs> but... Yeah, that was pretty funny. I, I feel like they probably did that intentionally. <laughs> oh, to like tempt, like to be like, oh man, maybe we should go to Disney World. Well, <laughs> you well think that so? that and also you know to kind of you know reemphasize the fact that th- this is a Disney property, right? Like it, it's yeah. still, even though it's not on the in in the typical Disney bubble, it's still you know 
they're still trying to say, you know, this is Disney. This is you're still going to get Disney Disney treatment while you're here, right? Yeah, exactly. Now, I, yeah, that's true. I, I was also going to ask, um, did you take your Magic Bands with you or no? So I did take Magic Bands with me because I was, and I I forgot to ask when we got there because I was like, this is going to be awkward if I ask them if I can use the like Magic Bands because I was wondering if you could, and I that's- couldn't find an answer on the internet about it. Yeah, that was my thinking too. Is you know, if they if they have the key to the world, it's the same RFID system. So, oh, the the thing you scan it on is the exact same one that's at Disney World. It's the yeah. one with the little the little Mickey on it. It's the same one. So I was thinking the same thing. I brought my Magic Bands because I swear that when I took a tour there, someone said that no, you can't get Magic Bands for this resort, but if you have them, you can use them to unlock your doors. Like they could set them up, but I and they right. have the same card scanner. Like everything there was the same. As, as it is in Disney World as far as that stuff goes. So I, I wish I would have asked just to know because I did bring Magic Bands with me and it would have been convenient. It's not like we went to the pool or anything because it was freezing, but, um, you know, it, it. I don't know. I've never been able to find an answer of this. And maybe if somebody's been there and has been able to use the Magic Band, email us because I, I was curious about this. Yeah, we'd, um, we'd love to know for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, w- I would love to know. I, I, I don't... I mean, I don't know if they don't if they if they can or can. I I would think that they could. I, I don't see why they couldn't. But who knows? Maybe they don't. I I, I don't know. But that's a good question. I, they, I mean, it's the same scanners, same ones. So, so yeah. So that was kind of my my Hilton Head trip. It was a good time. It's a really nice resort, and I would definitely recommend it to anybody. It's a really quiet little area, and during the summertime, Hilton Head is an amazing place to go. So, um, so definitely check that out. Um, yeah. So I've talked a lot now. <laughs> Did you guys have any other questions about my trip or anything, or you know, before we move on? No, I, I I think you pretty much covered all the all the the good highlights. So thank you for that. Yeah, um, yeah, it was it was a good trip. And like I said, if you want to see some pictures, go ahead and check them out on uh, on our Facebook page. Uh, there, there's some pictures of Shadow and uh, you know of the resort and some food and fun stuff like that. So, all right, cool. So just to move on to the next topic here, and, and I'm actually going to probably defer to you two on this one because I don't have any experience <laughs> with this, and maybe you guys do. Um, so word came down that the children's activity centers are closing at all the Disney World resorts, uh, and supposedly they're closing uh, on Ju- Ju- uh, July 31st due to low utilization. I guess guests weren't using them. Um, and so I don't know too much about these cause I don't have any kids. So right. I, have you guys ever used these? Like, do you, are you sad to see these go? Um, no, you know? I actually, I actually like my kids, so I don't need to use them. <laughs> so we, um, we actually looked at this when we were in Disneyland because they, they have the same kind of activity centers and they had one at the grand Californian and we looked in there briefly and I, and I mean, it's, you know, it, it's kind of like a, like any, daycare place you would drop your kid kid off at i don't know about you guys but like here in uh here in calgary canada we do have places where like if you need um if you need child care for a day you, there's places you can drop your kids off and you know they've got all the typical activities and of course the disney version is very you know like you're coloring Minnie and mickey um coloring sheets instead of just random pictures or whatever right but and, and i mean they've got a lot of you know very good disney centric stuff but yeah it's a it's a paid for service and and um to damon's point you know most people that are in disney world are there because they're there with their kids they like or it, like it's a family thing so they don't really want to you know drop their kids off and run off although yeah occasionally you know mom and dad want a night out which is is totally fair as well um, but I, I can totally understand why 
they they're closing these down is that um like even um like four years ago when i went to the one in in uh disneyland there was every time i walked by it there was never never anybody in there like there was the cast member in there and that was it so i can understand why they're looking at it and going okay this is really not a good use of our of our time and our resources and also in that announcement they said you know they're closing down these uh these activity centers and they're looking at something to replace it so it's not like they're just shutting this down saying you know you figure out babysitting for your kids and all that kind of stuff so they are looking at a different way to approach it i'm not sure what that is um, but also with that the other things that they make clear too is that um, they have um, they have two other services so, so there's in in room babysitting you can still get that so you can have somebody come to your to your room and, and watch your kids um, and that that ha i can't even remember what the the rate on that is and then also they have um, a program called kids night out which is um, it, it's it's like a it's like a um, an evening activity schedule for the kids. So, you know, it, they'll, they'll do it on the resort, but they take the kids and they do, I think um, I, we looked into one for our son that was like a, a treasure hunt at the Caribbean beach. Um, so, you know, they, like they take them on the beach and go looking for treasure and all that kind of stuff. So they still offer that kind of stuff. So it's not like, you know, they're just completely saying, you know, we're not doing any kind of, you know, um, kid. Any more kid stuff. Anymore. Yeah. Yeah. But but the, the the activity centers though they I think they were just you know nobody wanted to do them nobody like when you're when you're at Disney World why do you want to pay extra to have to you know drop your kids off at one of these places when you know you're already in Disney World so <laughs> I don't yeah know. that makes sense that makes total sense to me I'm actually kind of surprised that this even I you know it's funny because I I can't tell you how many times I've taking trips to Disney. I, I didn't really even know that this was a thing. <laughs> so I mean, because I don't have kids, but you know, it's, I, I had no idea that this was even a thing. So I, it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of real outrage for this one closing. So maybe Disney's not lying when they say that it's not being utilized. So, yeah, like I said, I've, I've always paid attention to them whenever I've gone to any resorts because a lot of the, um, or in Disneyland, they, they had it there. And then I also, um, like I, I was looking into it at, at Disney World, but yeah, it sounds like you know it was the same same thing that I saw in Disneyland. Is you know every time I walked by these places, it was literally just the cast member sitting there, like waiting for somebody to show up. It's not like you know there was five kids in there or whatever. It was just it was a big empty room. <laughs> Interesting. Well, yeah. Yeah, so that's, I, I mean, that's, you know, one of the things that's going to be, uh, you know, going away. And, you know, a lot of people are pointing to budget cuts and things like that. But we don't really know if that's, you know, the reason. Why. I mean, I'm sure it is. I'm sure they're just looking at their expenses. And, you know, that's one thing that if it's not being utilized, why continue to offer it? So, all right. So anything you want to add on that, Damon? Or you never used that service? No, I never used it. So. All right. Cool. Uh, well, I'm really interested in this, this next thing. And we talked about this on a previous podcast uh, you know, but this is an update to it, actually. So, basically, Disney filed another patent having to do with lightsaber technology, like real lightsabers. Mm -hmm. uh, well, quote unquote real. Quote unquote. Yeah. Okay. Let's not. Okay. <laughs> let me let me re qualify that. <laughs> not really, but looking lightsabers that look real that you'll actually be able to fight with, and like uh, what's what I thought was neat about this patent, and we had kind of I, I, it was many episodes ago because it was sometime mid last year that they put this out there where uh, it was technology related to people being able to, like, shoot at you and you'd be able to use the lightsaber to, like, you know, 
uh, uh, you know, ricochet the, uh, the the shots off the lightsaber and stuff like that. Well, this is a whole different thing because it it basically it's a uh, you would have to wear something on your face, you know, on your uh, on your eyes, uh, you know, to kind of cover it up. It's almost like VR. It seems like or augmented reality, yeah, right. And basically, the you would have a, a hilt for a lightsaber. And as you did things, you know, you would see, you'd be able to see the lightsaber in your hand lit up. And as you did things with it, it would, you know, vibrate when you would, you know, hit something or like you'd feel like you hit something or it would make sounds. Or I even read somewhere that uh, one of the things that they put on there that it it would maybe get warm if you were like cutting through something like so all (laughs) sorts of haptic feedback and and things like that. And so no one really knows what this is going to be used for. There's a thought, obviously, that it's going to be used for maybe video games, but I mean, to me, this just screams Star Wars land, right? I mean, it um, seems to me, right? No, you don't think so? Well, <laughs> I, I could see it as being... So, like, we already have uh, The Void doing um, doing the VR thing in uh, Disney Springs, right? So maybe an extension yeah. of that. The, the only thing with this is that I don't, I can't see them, you know, giving it to a larger, like, here's some glasses and a lightsaber, go wander around Galaxy's Edge and stuff like it's i can see it you know maybe um maybe closer to uh have you ever done the um sorcerers of the magic kingdom in in magic kingdom i haven't done it so so basically what it is is that they give you they give you these cards and the cards have um uh, it's glyph tracking technology is what it is. Basically, the, the cards have these symbols on them, and you go around to these different stations, and you scan your magic band, and it's an interactive game where you use the cards to fight different villains. Um, but that's contained to those stations. Although you're still standing out in Magic Kingdom, you're doing something like like it's very specific, and it's very um, uh, uh, channeled, I guess would be the way I would say it. I can see them maybe doing something like that with this, where you know you go different places, and then like the uh, the lightsaber doesn't activate until you're in a particular area, because like I said, the, the other side of me says like you know having kids and stuff is you know you give a kid a lightsaber, and even if it's a virtual reality thing, they're going to hit someone with it, like like it's it's just going <laughs> to cause problems, right? So, yeah. So I, I can see it either like I said either something like magic or sorcerers of the magic kingdom or another experience where it's contained in an area uh, similar to the void is you know you go into an area and you do it um just just for that that particular experience. Um I yeah, like I said I I, I don't see this becoming a larger thing because it also it, it would be very hard to manage that, right? Like, like it, yeah, it's kind of like that? it's kind of like you know when you go on Star Tours, just, you know they hand you the glasses and then you drop off the glasses at the end. This would be the same thing, as, you know they're patenting this thing. How do you make sure that you know somebody's not walking out of the park with the augmented reality glasses and a lightsaber, right? So, yeah, that's true, and that that technology is going to be a little bit more expensive than plastic three D glasses. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, I can see maybe an, an another attraction in the future, or yeah, or a, a Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom kind of thing. But even that seems like a bit of a stretch to me, because again, it's just people openly wandering around the park with it. Yeah, and I, you know, I don't know, Damon, what your thoughts are on this, because I, I know you really want are looking forward to going and doing the Void thing when you go to Disney. Yeah, I, I really don't have any thoughts on this yet. Right, a patent filing. 
it's so open-ended at this point and we really don't know what the technology is going to be like i'm i'm saving any sort of excitement until we get a little bit more information until you know what the product would be yeah. Yeah. I mean, because again, it's it's so wide open. I mean, you know, they're they're filing a patent, but what we actually see out of it, you know, we don't know yet. And I, I've been burned before, so I'm trying to uh, <laughs> hold well, back true. any sort of excitement. Well, because just because they're filing a patent doesn't mean it's even going to turn into anything. Disney files patents all the time for things, then they don't use them. So, I mean, that's they just you know file patents all the time. So, I mean, this could be nothing. It could also I could see this being a really cool uh, video game uh, thing that you could do at home. You know. Damon, you're always talking about VR, you know, when you're with uh, your PlayStation or something like that. That would be really cool if there was a game, uh, you know, that you, you had to buy this accessory, obviously. But, um, you know, with VR would be really cool, I think. It might seem more interesting to me. I could see that. Yeah. So anyway, I just thought that was really interesting and uh, kind of a cool idea. So and, you know, we're talking about patents and things that are being tested. Uh, Disney's doing a couple tests right now. And a couple of these kind of got a lot of. A lot of uh, a lot of play in the in the Disney world, and uh, one of those is that Disney's testing a cashless bleh, a cashless <laughs> environment. My goodness, at uh, Animal Kingdom Lodge, meaning no cash anywhere in the lodge. Uh, basically, all forms of payment will be uh, magic bands, credit cards, debit cards, gift cards. Uh, you know, Apple Pay, Samsung Pay, Google Pay. The idea of just completely removing cash from the equation. Now they they are saying that you'll still be able to. They'll have some at the desk where you can like add some to your room, so you could go and use those for folks that don't, you know, have credit cards or debit cards or whatever. Um, but I thought this was really interesting. I in my general life never carry cash, and I whenever I'm in Disney, I do nothing but use my Magic Band. There's never a time I take out a card or cash or anything like that. It's all Magic Band, unless I'm on the boardwalk, and because the boardwalk games don't take uh, Magic Band for some strange reason. But yeah, I've gotten burned on that so many times. I always forget, <laughs> and then I go and I'm like, I want to play this game where you hit the frog into the lily pad and win a prize. And they're like, Yeah, cash only. I'm like what? <laughs> what? <laughs> We're Disney. Everything's Magic Band. Come on. Yeah. But I don't know. What do you guys think of this? I, I, I'm excited. I, I I think they should do this everywhere, but I also understand why some people would be against this idea. And, you know, for me, I'm very similar to you. I don't, uh, or well, I I shouldn't say I don't carry cash. I do carry cash on me, but, you know, I I keep like 20 or $30 in my wallet as uh, in case I go somewhere and the magic band scanner is not working. And and that's my only thought around this is that, you know, you do, I mean, Disney is putting a lot of trust in their systems that, you know, nothing is ever going to go down or you're not going to be able to complete transactions. But I have been in the parks when that's happened. And, you know, you go somewhere and you go to, to pay for something and they say, sorry, the system's down at the moment. We're taking cash. So how would that work in Animal Kingdom if, you know, suddenly all these systems stopped responding for, and I mean, it could be for any number of reasons, but then suddenly it's, you know, what do you do? What's plan B? <laughs> I, I pay everything in cash. I think this is a stupid idea. I mean, for the people that like to manage how much they're spending, right? And it, it's it's smart for Disney, but it, it's stupid for people that like to use cash because, you know, we bring X amount of cash, and when it's gone, you know what? It's gone. Well, if I start running my magic band, then I have to myself start keeping track of where I'm at in the system money-wise. I, I don't like it. Like I said, I usually bring $2,500 cash. And I just go through it, and whatever's left over is left over. I, I like that system. So, I mean, if they're testing it, this will, unfortunately, when are they actually testing this? Are they testing February. it when I'm going to be there? 
Oh, just for, just for a month though, or something like that, or no? Yeah, they yeah they said it's. I starting hope it February. goes away. Yeah, I hope it goes away. <laughs> well, theoretically, couldn't you take that cash that you bring though and put it on your room? But then I have to start then... keeping track of stuff. Why do I want to start keeping track of stuff when I'm on vacation? Right, when I have cash, I know what I'm spending. Well, well, so ahead, I was going to say actually, I I made my own solution to this because I I was actually the same way. I believe it or not, I used to do travelers checks. So. So, you know, again, being an international traveler, I had to do that because I needed some insurance on it and everything. But um, what I've actually started doing is I've been using a, a prepaid uh, visa card. So the so that, that money that you would normally have on you, Damon, I just take all that and put it onto the visa. The visa has a limit but, on how much money what, is on it. What do you do when you have extra left over at the end? It just stays on the card. Yeah, I don't want that, though. Right. I want what, my but, money back. But, well, you can uh, still but, use it, though. Yeah, I can, I can not take everywhere that card. I can't, though. Well, no, it's, I mean, it's a... Uh, anywhere that takes Visa. Yeah, but that's yeah, not everywhere, right? <laughs> well, well, yeah, I mean, but it doesn't matter, right? So now I'm limited in where I can do with my own money because well, there's certain places that are not going to take that. For me, it's, you know, I, that, that well, money you, You're in a different over. story, right? Yeah. Like you said, I mean, you're an international traveler. You're not going to bring $3,000 cash. It just doesn't make sense. But for people in the United States, like I said... That's the way I've always done it. Um, I like the opportunity to, to do what I want with my money, and, and I don't like that you know, they'll be changing something. It's kind of the way I've been working Disney. It makes it easier for me. It makes it cheaper for me, really, in the long run. So I'm well, a little disappointed. So well, they're I, just trying it out, you know, so it's not you know, final. Sorry, Trevor. No, go ahead. <laughs> no, and I was also going to say, too, to, you know, to your point, Damon, you said you have to track it. Uh, you know, you can tra- you, it does track all of it for you on the My Disney Experience app. So anytime you make a purchase on the room, it's sure. all on there. But I got to so. go and look at that and figure that out. And gotcha. I, 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 get, yeah. I get your point. For me, for on vacation, like I said, it, it's nice. And I, I think the other thing that I kind of like to do for myself is, is that, you know, I've saved X amount of dollars, right? So let's just say I go with $2,500. And then while I'm at Disney, you know, the nice thing is, is I'm like, hmm, do I really need that? Or how is that going to affect my cash? And then when I'm done... If I come back with, let's say I got $300, I'm like, wow, you know, I got $300 cash as I come back home. That's kind of a nice feeling too, right? So if I'm going the other way around and I'm, forget about sticking it somewhere, but let's just say I'm putting on my credit card. It's like, it's almost like found money for me. It's, you know, it's a system that works for me. I know a few people that do it that way. um, And I know a bunch of people that don't. So it's just, again, it's more of letting me kind of do it how I've always done it and make my life a little bit easier. But, you know, from the Disney standpoint, cash is a pain for them, I'm sure. So, I mean, I get where they're coming from, but from my end, it will be something that, uh, you know, I'll be disappointed to see go if that's the way they end up doing it. And, and I was going to say, you know, as far as the, um, as far as the prepaid card goes, so mm-hmm. mine is, uh, like it, it's all done through my bank, so I can actually transfer money in and out of it or as I see well, that, fit. That's nice. Yeah. That's yeah. nice. So. So I, I guess that that's you know for for the listeners out there, you, I would highly recommend looking into your own bank or looking into a bank that has a system like this where you can, you know, you can transfer money into this card, pull it out when you're done. Because I actually did that that on my last so, trip. So when you go home, you could just hand them the card and be like, "I want this back cash." Uh, I don't even hand them the card. I just go online and I transfer the funds back to my account. But if you wanted to do that, you could walk into the bank and say, "Hey, I want the cash back for the rest of this card." Oh yeah, yeah, I could. I could that's do not that so if bad then. Yeah, yeah, that's not so, so bad then. Um, but yeah, and you're right. Is it's just kind of a, a way things are going. People are are more and more getting away from physical money because it's just easier to carry a card, right? 
Yeah, and and you know, from Disney's point of view, like you're saying, Damon, cash is a risk, right? Cash, you know, just having cash, you know, people, the employees could steal, or cast members could steal, or you know, just even getting the cash, collecting the cash, wow. and keeping track right. of the Tom cash. Tom went right there, didn't he, Trevor? <laughs> oh, no, but it's true. Wow. I, I, you, know, I, I, <laughs> you know what? I, you I don't mean, want to think that that's going to happen, but it does. <laughs> so. My cast members are all nice. I don't know about yours. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. No one's ever been fired in the history of Disney for stealing cash, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, it, just in general, I, I can't I – think, I think to myself sometimes – how much cash money goes through that resort on a daily basis. And I can't even imagine how much it is. It's got to be an insane amount of actual paper bills that go through that, that resort every single day. And it's got to be a logistical nightmare for them. And it probably just makes more sense for them to, to do something like this. But frankly, I just don't see this being something that they permanently do. I think they do like to have options, but I do think they'll try to start pushing people in that direction. Like, I just can't see them just being like, okay, there's no cash accepted at this, at this, at all of Disney World. You know, I just, I just can't see that. No. And, and also, one other thing, too, I, I need to bring this up on my wife's behalf because she'll kill me if I don't. Um, the, the one thing, and this is really silly, and a lot of people, or well, some people will understand where I'm coming from. Some people will roll their eyes. But the press pennies, those, oh. yeah, so so those are all cash, right? You know, you you put in two quarters and and a penny. And also keep in mind, as a Canadian, we don't even have pennies anymore, which is frustrating because <laughs> because, you know, when we, when we go down there, we have to, like my wife actually went to one of the, uh, one of the, the tills and said, you know, I want you to take this 50 cents and turn it into pennies. And the lady looked at her and went, are, are you sure? Like, <laughs> and she was like, yeah, because we don't have pennies. Right. That's funny. And, but you know, it's one of those things that, you know, people enjoy that, that physical interaction, you know, they enjoy going up to the machine and, you know, putting in your quarters and watching it make the penny. I've seen that they've, they've tried to automate that where they have these machines where, you know, you swipe your card or your magic band and it just spits out a press penny but you don't even see it do anything. And again, it's not your penny. It's it's just, you know, they've got a bunch of them pre-made in there, which is just silly. And and I think, you know, that that's kind of the thing with cash too, is you, like to Damon's point is, you know, there's a physical interaction there. I understand a lot of people use that as, as a, a cue on how they keep track of, of their money. So yeah, I, I don't see it completely going away and if it does i can see there being a lot of blowback <laughs> interesting i had never yeah. i didn't i hadn't thought of the press penny thing because i'll tell you when i was a kid that was my favorite souvenir was doing doing that big crank you know and making yep. the making it press oh i loved that when i was a kid and, that was and the we, best. we still do it for us that that's a thing every time we go every every single time we've gone we come back with a book full of press pennies because it that's it's a tradition. It's something that you get from the park. And it's, I mean, ultimately we spend probably, I don't know, like 30, 40 bucks on it, but it's, but that's a great I, tradition though. I yeah. mean, that's a cool tradition to have. Yeah. So I, I, I can see where, you know, that uh, like separate, like for the resorts. And actually that's a good question for anybody that ends up down there while they're doing this test in animal kingdom, there's gotta be some press penny machines down there. Are they just, you know, like, I I don't I don't see people being thrilled with them saying cash only or no cash rather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're, I I think you're right with that. I and I think they're probably just testing to see kind of. 
I would bet they're testing as much to see how many people like complain about it as as many people you know use it. You know, like if they're going to have any difference in how much money they make, or if they're going to have a bunch of people complain, they're probably just trying to see kind of how that's going to work out. But I, like I said, I don't see there ever being a situation where they don't have cash anymore. I mean, there just has to be. I mean, not. I mean, at least not in the next ten to twenty years. You know, maybe in the future when we all have microchips in us and, you know, instead of magic bands, we just wave our arm on stuff, right? <laughs> like the like, future movies. <laughs> well, like I said earlier, is, you know, I I don't trust that their system has 100% uptime either because there's been times where you go to use it, go to use a machine and they're like, sorry, you know, magic bands aren't working or credit cards aren't working for a number of reasons. And I mean, yeah, I can't, I can't see them not having cash. It's kind of like, you know, you know, you know, back with the credit cards, how they have to, how they did the carbon copy thing, where they had the machine that that you you run the uh, you run the paper yeah. over it. Yeah, the the little carbon ca- copy paper where they like yeah. move the yeah that the old school card things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they still have those. They like I've actually seen those under the counters. They still have them. They never use them, but I mean, yeah, for, for the same reasons, I can see them holding on to cash. Is that you know there may come a point where you know credit card machines are down or magic band systems down and they have to do this so yeah i I think it's an interesting test i you know i I, as somebody who is cashless myself i i I, i'm okay with it but i could i could see damon's point of view too and and how you actually manage your your vacation money i could see that being an issue for sure so all right well let's let's move on to the kind of the next thing here Uh, another test that disney's going to be doing and I actually really like this one too. Is a Bluetooth door entry, and so for the initially this was reported as you were going to be uh, the like the lo- the I don't what am I the long distance Bluetooth in your Magic Band was going to be able to open your door, but really what this is going to oh, be no <laughs> no, but really what this is going to be is going to be through your phone, and so a lot of people that have stated. Uh, hotels are doing this all over the place. This is not unique to Disney, but where you can log into uh, an app and then use that to open your room door. I've used that at several hotels, you know, obviously outside of Disney because they don't have it. And I love that convenience of it because I, I always am afraid I'm going to lose my room key. So if I could open my door from the My Disney Experience app, like I think that would be really great. And so this is a test that they're going to do at Polynesian and Grand Floridian sometime soon here. But I, I don't know what you guys think of this. I think it's a great idea. Uh, do you want me to go first, Damon, or do you want to? <laughs> I, I don't really care about this, so I'll okay. let you have it. All right. Well, so so from my standpoint, uh, and I, I should qualify this for everybody that, that hasn't necessarily listened to all of our episodes, I am an IT guy. And um, the big thing for me on this is security. So I... Yeah, you're right. Bluetooth is used everywhere, and it's uh, it's a pretty decent protocol. But um, they need to make sure this thing is watertight if they're going to use it. Like, there has to be no way that anybody can can you know spoof your room key or anything like that. Like, like that's my only concern with it. It it, it is a great technology, and I love that convenience. Like, same as as you, Tom. I I like the convenience of it, but there's a part of me that is concerned about, you know, people are going to be trying to see how vulnerable this is or how easy it is to emulate this where, you know, you can copy someone's room key. I, and I, and I know that all relies on the, my Disney experience app, but I don't, like I said, I guess this is, you know, 
kind of a bit of a call out to to Disney's IT is I hope that they've done their due diligence in making sure they've got the right security in place for this. Yeah, and I guess I would think because there are so many other hotels that do this, I feel like they would be, I'm not going to say looking to those hotels for their example, you know, on on how they do it and and following that. But uh, yeah, I I know what you mean about the security portion of things. Uh, That's definitely always a concern. I just, I'm not going to say I like to trade security for convenience but you know sometimes with those types of things i i would enjoy it and i guess you'd be opting into it or opting out of it anyway right so you although i i guess somebody could always hack whatever but you probably hack magic bands too so yeah true i mean (laughs) somebody could and actually i guess maybe this is is a call out to to listeners in general as you know your your my disney experience is as much your key to the world as your magic band so you know don't don't put a crappy password on it because yeah, right? <laughs> cause, you know, if, if that ever gets compromised, people are getting into your room. They're getting like, they, they don't need your magic band. They can just log into your, my Disney experience account on their phone and they can get into your room. So I would hope they'd have some sort of additional about. security for that, like a, a separate pin number or something you'd have to put in if you were going to use it. But I, I would hope so. I mean, again, we'll have to see how, how they they've implemented this, but, um, yeah, I mean, my first thought is, you know, I w- I'll make sure that my account is secure because, you know, complex password and all that, because this this is now, th- this is the difference. It's, you know, before it had to be, you had to go there. It, it used to be you had to actually get a card from them, and then it was, well, now you have to get a magic band, which is a specific piece of hardware. Um, but now it's, you know, any phone can potentially access your room. So True. Yeah. Well, we'll have to see how this one shakes out. I just think I think it's interesting, and I, I think it's I think it's a neat idea that Disney's kind of catching up to some of the other hotels that are doing this already. Um, so, so I, I know this is this one is definitely really interesting, and I'm actually kind of surprised we didn't see more outrage on the boards about this because people really hate the uh, well, a lot of people really don't like the upcharge events or the upcharge things that people can do. If anybody has listened to this show since the very beginning, we've all said many times that we are totally cool with all the upcharge events, uh, and we really like the ideas of all the upcharge. Uh, so, you know, on this show, we're we're pretty positive about about the upcharges. But uh, one of the things that they're testing right now and, and rolling out is uh, club level guests are going to be able to purchase. Uh, a new theme park extras program is what they're calling it. So it's it's for folks that are staying club level, and there's not a ton of club level DVC rooms. Uh, so for those that are DVC out there that use points, uh, I want to say, oh gosh, someone's gonna yell at us for this one, but uh, there's like there's like two resorts I think that have club level. I could be wrong about this. Maybe I'll try to look it up as we're talking about this, but. Um, there's not a lot of club level for DVC. So this would probably be a lot more for people that are staying on cash. But basically what you're going to be able to do if you're staying club level for $50 per, per, per guest per day. So it's per guest per day, $50. Guests staying in rooms that uh, purchase a three-day or longer theme park pa- uh, ticket or have an annual pass can receive the following for the $50 per day. Three additional fast pass selections per day. So fast plus, uh, plus attractions, uh, you know... The, any anything that has FastPass Plus, obviously, um, the ability to reserve up to to reserve these three FastPass selections more than uh, one theme park. Uh, so if they have a park hopper, they can do several different theme parks. A booking window of ninety days in advance for these three additional FastPasses. So n- instead of the sixty days, you actually get ninety days 
which is, uh, you know, a pretty great thing. Uh, you're not allowed to repeat the same resort. I mean, uh, attraction. And then one prefer- preferred viewing location for nighttime spectaculars per day. So, like, a preferred viewing vacation, uh, location for, uh, you know, Fantasmic or for uh, uh, Happily Ever After, one of those. So, I-, I would love to hear what you guys think about this. I know, um, you know, Damon, you had kind of done the math on this, on uh, whether you thought this was worth it or not. Uh, but I, I thought it was an interesting test. I personally probably would not pay for this. I, I feel like it's a little I, too rich I like for it. Me. I like it an awful lot. I, I think that these are the sort of things, you know, that they should be doing for people, especially that are going to be able to go to Disney, you know, once in a lifetime, once every 10 years, you know, we're a little bit in the minority when it comes to, you know, all of us here on how often we travel to Disney. So, you know, I know that I've spoken to people that have stayed club level because they're going once every 10 years. And for them, an upcharge like this is, is well worth it. You, you know, just chatting about this with some friends. I mean, when I go to Disney this time, there's going to be four things I need to do, right? And by need, I mean I just haven't done before. That's it. So for me, I'm okay missing, you know, you know, Space Mountain or, you know, Test Track. I've been on them, you know, a lot. So... I like this, you know, while I might not necessarily use it right now, you know, maybe I would in the future, especially if I was, let's say, taking grandkids or things like that. And, you know, I know that it's going to be a once every 10 year trip. So I'm okay with this. I think it's a great idea. I think the number that they put on it is fine. I I think I'm all on board. And I guess the other thing to add to that, too, is, you know, they're they're only doing this with club level. That's a very limited Extremely. set of people. Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, looking at it from the other side, you know, the, I, I saw some comments were, oh well, you know, now they're now they're giving people preferential treatment. It's going to be even harder to get fast passes. No, it's not because, you know, club level is a very limited set of people in the resorts. And then on top of that, it's not like every person who's staying club level is going to be taking advantage of this. So. Um, yeah, it's it's absolutely a great thing for those that want to be able to book those things. They want to be able to, you know, uh, get on like spe- like you can spend three days and you can hit absolutely everything you want to do. And it, and it's a trade off, right? It's a trade off of time versus money. Do so you want to spend more time, you know, standing in line or or trying to figure out ways around uh, standing in line, or do you pay the extra money and you know, just have that access. I, so I, I don't think it's a bad thing. I don't, I don't think I'm going to use it. Um, for, for me personally, this $50 upcharge, I also have to um, factor in the the conversion from Canadian to American. So it's actually more than that. And it just kind of pushes it a little too far out of what I would consider a good price range. So, um, so for me, it's not something that I would use, but I'm also not opposed to anybody else having a swing at it. Yeah, and and you're absolutely right. It's a really limited set of people, and and just based on like the cursory research I did about this, I, I believe I think there's only and this isn't even a DVC resort, but you can stay DVC at Jumbo House at Animal Kingdom, and they do have club level uh, there. So as far as DVC goes, there's not a ton of club level rooms that you could really even do this with. Um, but that's you know that being said, their DVC members still do cash days on uh, on occasion, so it's not like it, they won't do that. Uh, I have done club level one time. I did it on my honeymoon, kind of like what you were talking about, Damon. Where it's like, 
it's it's our honeymoon, right? So we're going to go all out because it's our honeymoon. And it's not something we would normally do, but because it was it was such a special occasion, it was like, okay, let's do club level. And it was a lot of fun, and it was really nice to have the club level amenities. They treat you like you're like a movie star. They treat you really, really well. It's it's a really great VIP service uh, for those that want to pay for that. And and we had a lot of a lot of fun with it. But I and I you know like you said, it's I think it's a great benefit for those that want to do it and want to pay for it. Uh, you know, it's it's not uh, surprising to me that they're doing something like this. I was kind of wondering when they were going to start uh, having people pay for fast passes, uh, extra fast passes, let's say, because I think we actually talked about this like on a really early podcast, talked about adding something like this. But me personally, I just couldn't see myself paying for this, uh, you know, mostly because I'm cheap, but it's just, it's a lot of money. It, it would be, you know, even just for my wife and I, you're talking about $100 per day. We're there for seven days, you know, it's 700 bucks. I mean, on top of everything else, it just feels like a lot of money. But, you know, if it's something you can afford and something you'd want to do, I, I think, uh, you know, it's it's not a bad thing to, to have that available. So I think it'll be interesting to see how this plays out, see if they continue to do it, see if, uh, you know, I, I wonder if at some point do they expand this to, you know, DVC members? I mean, I could see this as a perk for DVC if they wanted to do it. I mean, we would still pay for it. I mean, what do you guys think about that? Making this a DVC perk. Too many people. Too many, you think? Yeah, they have a lot of control when they do club level, right? Yeah. So I just think it'd be too many people. I think even with an upcharge, you know, the amount of people that could do it, it just becomes too high at that point. Yeah, it's... um... You're right. It, it, it's it's not something. If they open this up to absolutely everybody, all it would do is make the fast pass system where you know getting getting fast passes would just become impossible. Right? It would be so bloated with people. You know, booking. I, I mean, we would be back actually in the position we were before they locked down the magic bands and the rules on them, where you know people were you know taking advantage of of like park tickets that people hadn't used to book extra fast passes and stuff like that. Right. It's going to get back into that. Yeah. Yeah, So I think you're right. So yeah, I don't, I don't see them opening this up to a, to a larger audience. I think they want this to be a, a sort of exclusive thing. Yeah. I I think you're probably right about that. I just, you know, throwing stuff out there. I I could see DVC members loving it, but you know, it is, it is a lot of money still. And so I I don't know how many people would take advantage of it. And maybe part of the, part of the test is to figure out where the, what the right price point is. But I think it's interesting. It's a, it should be a really interesting test to see if that's, you know, how that's going to work. So, uh, so next up here, uh, we actually got a listener question, which, uh, we really, really appreciate when you guys send us listener questions. Uh, we, we, you know, really like answering them, even if we don't know the answers. And I, I think that might be the case in this one, but, uh, you know, we, we definitely want to talk about this and this is from, uh, oh gosh. And don't kill me if I get this wrong, uh, Mercy. And I hope they said that right. And you can uh, email me and tell me if I said it right you or did, not. You did absolutely did not. She said it's Mar- Mary, Mary C. C. Mary C. Mary C. <laughs> don't, don't French Mary it up, C. man. You're, you're it Frenching is French. it up. She's French, but, but you're you're Frenching it up like <laughs> oh. a cartoon character. You're not allowed to she's do gonna, that. She's gonna email me and tell me that I said it right. I feel I have a good feeling about it. Not the first time. I don't think so. <laughs> Maybe the second time. Whatever. It's a hard name, but it's a beautiful name. And so we really appreciate you emailing us. How, uh, and I apologize for butchering your name, but uh, she said hello. Uh, I started to look into the possibility of buying a DVC contract. Found your podcast recently. Here's the thing: my husband's not a Disney fan, and the only way to get him on board. Is 
is to sell him on the possibility of a vacation other than Disney with an RCI timeshare. We could plan our vacation by using points at Disney every three years and going somewhere else the other two years, for example. I'd like to get a better understanding at this possibility. Do you know any members who have experimented? Experiment, uh, I think she meant to say experience that. Uh, is it a good or bad way to use points? Would it be better to rent our points for those two years and book vacations with the money? So mm. I, I w- wanted to see what you guys thought about this answer. So for, for my thought Question is, is right, I think we kind of hit a little bit on it as well. So while I understand people don't like Disney and it's totally, you know, that's fine. You know, I think that there's a lot of, not a lot. There are a few Disney resorts that you could go to, i.e. Hilton head, which are, you know, they're Disney, but they're not Disney, right? You have Vero beach. You have a few options as well. Yeah. Milani in Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah. So you have a few options as well. And when, once you start to think about how many points you have and how often you'll be going, you know, that may take a chunk of your points right there. So that's the first thing I would kind of say, right? You also have adventures by Disney, right? Isn't, yes. that, isn't that as yep. well, right? So uh, before RC, you know, RCI points. And I don't think that's a bad way. I think, you know, once you have this as an option, kind of like you said, you have a lot of options. You have that as one, you know, you know the other Disney adventures. And then you, you do have the option of selling your points uh, and going somewhere else. And I think the doing that is not a bad idea either. So I think you have a few kind of options to lay out on the table to kind of, you know, give your husband to say, Hey, look, you know, it's not always, it doesn't always have to be about the mouse and, and the rides and the, this and the that. But the other things I would say is that, you know, even not loving Disney, you could definitely take a Disney trip to Disney world and not Disney. That, that's the other thing. It sounds kind of weird, but you know, I talked to a few couples when I was there and they would say they were a little bit of, uh, you know, some older, re- older, retired couples that, you know, they're not going on rock and roller coaster. And there still is a lot to do. You know, this time we really made a good concerted effort to explore Epcot, which again is not really about, you know, ride rides. You know, there's a lot to do there. You know, the other thing is as Disney Springs gets bigger and bigger, and and I'm very surprised that Tom didn't bring up the new restaurant with the hidden doorway, or did we already talk about that in a previous podcast? Uh, We haven't. We can talk about it. Yeah. Is it Enzo's? Yeah. Is that the one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think there's things like that. I mean, Disney Springs is getting rather large. And I don't know if I've mentioned this before. I think I have. You know, it's almost like another park that's not a park at this point. You know, there's a lot to do there, a lot, you know, to see and eat. And, you know, there's always the shows. I think there's a lot of things to be said about going to Disney and not doing Disney, right? I think that's kind of how I would try to sell it if I was talking about points, right? There's the customer experience, the service, the food, all those sorts of things. You can go golfing, you know, all things that you can do that, you know, I haven't even experienced everything yet. And, you know, we've been going for a very long time. So those are all things that I think you could use to try to get them to buy in. And so, yeah, from my standpoint, obviously, I mean, I haven't been going nearly as long as you, Damon, but um, we have we have looked at these things and we did look at these things as part of uh, when we were purchasing DVC. So um, we asked all these questions too, is that, you know, um, when you decide you don't want to do Disney, what, what do you do? You're absolutely right. Is, you know, um, Disney Springs, I feel like, um, I feel like what they've done with it is, you know, I remember back when it was downtown Disney and it had like that whole nightclub thing going on and it was really like pleasure Island. And it was really crazy and all that. Um, I feel like Disney is, they're getting to a more refined version of that. And, and yeah, it's definitely not Disney. Like, like they're, they're trying to, 
they're trying to make sure that there's something there for, you know, the more adult crowd that, you know, wants to go and have a good meal and, and, and do all that kind of stuff. Um, outside of that, we, we did, uh, we did briefly talk about RCI with, uh, with our, um, the, the guy that was selling us uh, DVC. And, um, what we kind of figured out from that is that it's, uh, I, I wouldn't use RCI necessarily as the selling point because, um, while it, it, it's not the worst use of your points, it's also not, it's not the best use either. It's kind of, you know, it's that thing you do when, yeah, you, you have, you've done all the adventures, you've done everything else. Um, the conversion on RCI, I don't think is fantastic. I think even, you know, doing Disney collection is better than RCI. Sure. But don't you feel like RCI gets, so again, as you kind of, as you go through your contract, right? The, the longer you're in your contract, in theory, the, the less you've kind of paid per point, Right, which kind of affects that conversion a little bit as well. Like, yeah, maybe it's not working for you at year one, but let's just say you pay $200 a point, right? Yeah. In year 15 and 20, when, you know, Disney's charging whatever, all of a sudden that conversion becomes a lot different as well. And If you and, think about it like that. And actually that, that is true. Is you, the, Those same RCI properties, when you start looking at them later on, is that, yeah, you look at the, the cost of paying for them cash versus using your points – um, yeah, th- th- that's actually one thing that you should really highlight when buying DVC is that when you buy into it, that's a 50-year uh, contract that you're on. Your your points don't lose value. In fact, um, historically, points in a DVC contract, they always gain value. It always goes up because DVC is... Uh, Disney, yeah, is really good at ensuring that the value stays retained over years and years and years so um and i guess maybe that's where you have to talk to your husband and kind of explain to him is you know we're not just doing this for a year like this isn't you know yeah we go to disney this year or whatever this is something that it ensures that you have um a long-term plan for how you want to do your vacations um and honestly even for me like i i even looked at uh rci and i found out that in in Calgary or around Calgary, Canada, so in Alberta, there is places that I could go and use my points if I choose to. So I could even do like a vacation thing, um, like an hour away from my house, on DVC points. Uh, it, again, it wouldn't be right now. It wouldn't be the greatest conversion because, like when I look at, it, I go, well, I would, be, I would rather you know use those down in an actual DVC resort, but. Um, yeah, you're right. In, in 10 years, I could say, hey, you know, I want to just take a weekend and go go off to to like the Bath Springs Hotel and I could do that. So, yeah. And, you know, kind of I'm sorry, Trevor, did you have anything else to say? I don't want to interrupt you. No, I, I yeah, I, I think that, like I said, I think it's just, you know, um, uh, Reese just needs to she needs to change how she's having the conversation, I guess. <laughs> You just said that right, like on the first shot, and you know <laughs> her her name. <laughs> I I tried really hard. <laughs> I think you did really well. Yeah. Um, so kind of just to reinforce what both of you are saying, you know, I my best friend's parents have been DVC members for a very long time, and in fact, they were the ones that convinced us to uh, to buy into DVC. And I was talking to him recently, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we're going down. We're spending two weeks. They have a ton of points. They were spending a couple weeks down there." And I was like, oh, what parks are you guys going to? And they're like, oh, we haven't gone to the parks in like 10 years. And I'm like, what? 
I was like, what do you mean you haven't gone to the parks in like 10 years? They're like, oh, we just we just like DV, we just like the resorts and we like the area. We like Disney Springs. We, you know, we like to go do the activities that are around the resort. And so kind of to your point, Damon, what you were saying before, there's a lot of folks that are like that. You can go. It's almost like, it's not like a staycation, but it's like you're you're going to you don't have to go to, to the amusement parks to enjoy uh, the resorts. It, you, you get such a high level of service at these resorts and they're all so nice and upscale. It's, uh, you know, it's 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 not all about the theme parks and it's funny because my stepdad does not care for the parks at all but he would always say that i'll just go to disney and just stay at wilderness lodge and you guys go to the parks i'll just stay at wilderness lodge at the pool because he just loves that resort so much you know so um there are plenty of people that do that and i think that's a a good thing and and it's also uh, important to note with rci and this was waived last year, but if you book with RCI, talking about how it not being a great value to transfer your points, you do have to pay a $95 fee to book with RCI. So on top of the dues you already pay, if you're going to book with RCI, there's a straight $95 fee that you have to pay just to book there. And plus, you're transferring your points that you have over to an RCI account. And once you do that, they can't come back again. Those They're, they're, they're there. Uh, you know, they're spent. And so I've never done that, that before specifically, but I, I do know that that's kind of the case with RCI resorts. So it's, there's a lot of different sides to this. And I, I don't know if I would necessarily kind of like what Damon and Trevor said, use RCI as the angle I would go for as far as buying, buying into DVC. Trevor, were you going to say something? I'm sorry. Uh, I, I was just going to say, um, I, so uh, j- just to clarify about your points going into RCI, it's not that like, like that that's the points for the year it's not that you know you lose your points for the next year going forward yes. it's just yeah just the, it's, just the points that you transfer in yeah and so so all that means is that so so the flexibility with booking a dvc resort is that you know if you change your plans or whatever you can say nope cancel this and your points just go back into your account if you if you book rci that's it you you can't bring them back into your dvc account you you're basically committed to your doing that RCI thing. So yeah, there, there's a bit of there's a bit of a risk with that, depending on how how volatile your your plans can be. Yeah, exactly. And I I mean, so the the last option is you just need to make him love Disney. That's all. <laughs> you just need to tell yeah, him he just, needs to just go. Sit him down and marathon all the movies. And... <laughs> <laughs> just just make him go to the parks with you. That's all. <laughs> Ooh, I don't know about that. That that might turn him off from it. Okay. Well. Show, okay, show him pictures. Show him pictures of the golf course and the you know the food and the beaches. There you go. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Ignore. Ignore. Ignore me and Tom Damon is the one who's the logical one here. <laughs> you know, and it's interesting because, again, I've been going to Hilton Heads for so long. It's, it's kind of nice that Tom brought that up. And I would say that I, I mean, we've been going every year for probably 20 years. I could probably go to Hilton Head, you know, Disney Hilton Head, if I wasn't going to the other one. I probably would have still gone. You know what I mean? Like, I, I could see myself just going to that resort as my only resort and still being okay with it. Like, I like Hilton Head that much, and I think everyone should experience it. Um, and I think there's a lot of things that you cannot see or do on the first few times there. It's one of those places where there's a lot of hidden gems. I, mean, I think one of my favorite restaurants in the world actually happens to exist there in a very small location. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it's something that you kind of find out when you talk to the locals and things like that. So even if it was just for that resort, if I could buy in just, you know, Disney points just for that resort, I think it might even be worth it. 
Yeah, that's great. I, you know, for a topic we didn't know that much about, I think we gave some pretty good answers here, guys. I'm going to give us all a pat on the back. <laughs> <laughs> Just a virtual pat on the back and high five to you guys. So I hope that uh, helped out with your with your question. Um, and thank you again for writing in. Anybody else out there, please write in with your questions or your topics that you want us to cover on this show. We do like to talk about different things. And, and honestly, this is one that we hadn't even really thought of. So this was a really interesting topic to talk about. So um, the next part here that we're going to talk a little bit about is a, is a new segment we're going to call Travel with Trevor. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> international travel, travel with Trevor. And, and, you know, I'll just kind of introduce you on this, Trevor. Um, the idea is, you know, tra- Trevor is coming from Canada. And, uh, you know, his, his travel plans are a little bit different than Damon's and, and my uh, travel plans. And you have to prepare a lot differently than we do. So we, we want to hear a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, the, the the reason that I want to start doing this is I know we have a lot of people that um, we've had listeners that have, have told us, you know, they're coming from the UK, they're coming from Canada, and they, they want to go down to Disney. And, and yeah, we, we do end up having to deal with um, a lot of extra hoops we have to jump through just to get down there. So um, what my thought was on this is that um, I'm going to be down in uh, in Disney World in May. So uh, I'm just going to actually start going through the process that I go through for for planning my trips because I actually start um, or well I book my my resort 11 months out so that so that's the first thing is that I try and book as far out as I possibly can because I need to make sure that um, I need to make sure that I can you know find flights and everything to get down there. Um, so so that that's you know that all happened last year. Um, coming up to where I am right now, we're we're about. F- four months out from, from the trip. And, uh, so the things that, that I'm thinking about at this point is, uh, um, you know, I'm starting to get my money together. I'm starting to, uh, or getting my money together as in, I need to actually start thinking about doing conversions to, uh, to American money. So, um, while that sounds like a a fairly simple thing and I, and I guess it can be, you know, you can just go to the bank and, and convert it is that, um, you know, for, for us international travelers, we do actually want to keep an eye on, on what the dollar is doing so that, you know, we're not paying, you know, almost twice as much money for, for the same trip. So, um, that's actually where, like I start, I, I was saying earlier on is that, um, uh, for, for people out there that are traveling internationally, I highly recommend getting, uh, an American currency visa card, which you can, at least in Canada now, I don't know about in, in the UK and, and other places, but you can actually get these through the bank is that it's, it's an American uh, account. And when you transfer money to it, they do the conversion the day of that, uh, when you do that transfer. So that's where on my side, I'm actually start like I, I do keep an eye on what the dollar is doing, and if it goes up, then I transfer a bunch of money into there. If I find it's going down, then I, I just leave it. But ultimately, at the end of all this, the idea is is that I'm going down there, spending the the minimal amount of extra money possible, because yeah, you you don't want to be, you don't want to be you know, throwing an extra or at the end of the trip, like you can end up throwing an extra couple hundred dollars into it just because you weren't paying attention to conversion rates. So, so that's the thing that I'm doing right now. Something else that I I also found out too, that kind of surprised me is that uh, in Canada, we can actually buy Disney gift cards now. So 
I, I know for you guys, it wasn't, uh, or I mean, you've always had Disney gift cards, but um, for a lot of people in the States, what they would do is they would buy these gift cards from like Target and places like that. And um, they, you know, they would load up a whole bunch of them. And with Target, you know, they would give you cash back or a discount or whatever. So that would save you money on your trip. Um, from a Canadian standpoint, I, I've actually looked into this. And so on the Canadian uh, gift cards, you buy them in Canadian funds, and when you use them, um, they do the same thing where whatever the rate is that particular day is what they will use for conversion to U.S. funds. So the risk with that is that there's not um, – or you know, using, using that gift card when you go down there is probably not the best idea. Because if, if it if the dollar happens to be bad when you're when you're down there, you can end up again spending more money than you want to. However, um, if you're looking at paying for hotel, so so either paying for a hotel, paying for park tickets, and all that kind of stuff, you can use these Disney gift cards, and you can buy all that stuff well ahead of time. So um, what I've actually figured out with this is that <laughs> this is a bit of the, one of these you know fuzzy using a couple of systems against each other things, but. Um, so when when you're when you're buying these gift cards, like I have uh, I have a, a Mastercard that gives me travel dollars. So when you're buying these gift cards, make sure you're doing it with something that gives you travel dollars, which you know again you can use towards your vacation. So it, it helps you know bring down the cost of the flight and everything like that. Start buying these tickets with travel dollars, or start buying these. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. <laughs> Start buying these uh, uh, gift cards with travel dollars, but then when you see that the dollar is doing pretty well, um, that's when you go and you buy your park tickets and everything. So uh, I, I know that was a lot of information about about the gift cards and using your your um, travel your travel dollars card and everything together. Um, but yeah, if anybody has any more questions about this, or if you have um, you know questions or comments about what things you want me to talk about with this trip. Um, please send them in and I will, I will address them in the, in the coming weeks. And like I said, I, I want to try and do this for every week going up to my trip. So that, or every time we podcast going up to the trip so that you guys can kind of get a feel for, you know, all the stuff that I'm thinking of and doing when I have to, uh, when I have to do a Disney trip. Yeah. And if you guys have any tips that you use, any of our, cause I know we have a lot of people that listen to this outside, outside of the United States. So if anybody has any other tips that they use, we're, we're happy to share those too. So, Yes, absolutely. All right, great. I, I thought that was a great first uh, first episode of uh, – or first segment of uh, Traveling with Trevor. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just love that, that name. I, I don't know why. Um, I just do. But, uh, yeah, so thanks for that, Trevor. I think that was great information. And, and we're going to kind of start to wrap this thing up with our favorite topic that we always end the show with, or usually when there's rumors out there. We're going to talk about rumors, which are our favorite uh, mine are anyway. I, I really enjoy the rumor part. So, <laughs> yeah, it's not my like favorite. Rumors? Don't don't speak for me. It's not my favorite file. It's not okay. Part. Well, all right. Well, I would talk about how Stitch is coming back. I mean, that's what I would talk. You about. know what? We didn't put it on here, but we talked. But it's coming of, back, man. We talked about how Stitch was dead, and Stitch is not dead. <laughs> Stitch is still not dead. <laughs> Wait, hold on. I missed something. <laughs> So, so last episode we talked about uh, people. Somebody found some internal documents saying Stitch was closed forever, and then Disney came out and said, "No, Disney's going to open back up." I mean, uh, Stitch is going to open back up again. <laughs> so, Whoa! All right. 
I, I mean, <laughs> who knows at this point? I don't know what the heck they're doing with that thing. It's just, it's almost like they just can't, they, maybe they have too many projects going on at once. They don't want to start another one. And it's just too expensive to maintain or so. I don't know. This wasn't even on our list of things to talk about, but I know it's Damon's favorite. So <laughs> I, I'm, I'm honestly surprised. I, I thought it was dead and I thought it was well, dead too. But... <laughs> I thought it was dead. Yeah. I thought it was gone, but it's okay. But so the, the first mm-hmm. rumor we were going to talk about is uh, Japan. So I, I think this is interesting uh, that they're going to add another restaurant possibly at the Japan Pavilion. Uh, they're talking about adding a Japanese steakhouse and seafood restaurant. And why I think it's interesting is because Epcot already has, I feel like, a lot of restaurants. And they're going to be adding that space-themed restaurant, which we've heard no news about since D23. And now they're talking about adding a third restaurant to Japan. Uh, which is a Japanese steakhouse, and it'll be like a signature restaurant. So I, I don't know. I found this kind of interesting. I, I think it's a good thing. I think more restaurants are always a good thing. Makes it easier to get reservations at other restaurants, you know. Um, but I don't know what you guys think about this. I, I guess my thought is why a Japanese steakhouse? So Wagyu. Yeah, the, but yeah. I, I, I guess. Wagyu there's is not enough. There's not enough steakhouses in general in Disney, from what I understand. I don't eat beef, so it doesn't matter to me. But from the general roar, is that there's not enough. So why not a Japanese steakhouse? Fair point. Uh, so from my standpoint, I, I come from a place where we have steakhouses like everywhere. So I, I guess to me, it's like it, it, it's the most uninteresting thing they could do. Although, yes, I know um, Wagyu is is very tender, very good cut of meat, but yeah, it. I I don't know. It just, like they they already have the teppanyaki thing going on, so it almost seems redundant to me. But no, I don't I'm, think so. I'm probably not the right person to be. I don't even eat beef, and I think it, I think it's great, right? You got Kobe Wagyu. Like I, I think that it, it's it, it's great, and it's another steakhouse. I don't think there's enough of them in Disney for everyone. You know, my dad's a big steak person, and you know, when we had gone with them, it's kind of one of the things that he was saying. So. I'm on board with this. I'm, like I said, I, I think it's a, a great idea. Yeah, Especially I, where it's situated, right? Because the other ones, where are the other ones? Well, there's Le Cellier, which is in the Canada Pavilion. Mm-hmm. And one then, of my favorites. Yep. And then where else are they? Yachtsman. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And where else? Mm. There's got to be something over at uh, Springs at this point, right? There's something over there? Yeah. Oh, gosh. It's not, not a lot. Not the Edi- No, the Edison doesn't do steak. Um that's brand new too. Yeah. What about the one at Bay Lake Tower, the one the fancy pantsy one over there? Hmm. I think they do. Uh, I, I mean, don't know. I think, they have I, states, I think it's a good but... idea. I don't think there's I don't think there's enough places. I, I think that it, it's it's good. Where else are you going to put Wait, it? Here we go. Gonna... So, five best steaks at Disney according to Disney Food Blog. Yachtsman Steakhouse, La Cellier, uh Gico, I guess has steak, but I got that's not a steakhouse. Shula's. That's the one we were thinking of. Shula's. Shula's is a steakhouse. Where's that? That's that's over at oh uh, gosh, I think that one is in Disney Springs, isn't it? It could be. Oh no, it's a Swan and Dolphin. It's a Swan and Dolphin. Sorry. Okay, Swan and Dolphin. So okay. that was how many? Where's the last one? Uh, well, Flying Fish has has steaks, but I don't think you call that a steakhouse, right? So I think that's the thing, right? So, you, so there's like three. Say, saying the yeah. five best of anything doesn't mean they're all good. That's true. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, the five best the that five they only, have there. The five only ones. Right? You, you can yeah. win by default. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I, I think it's a good idea. I think that they'll have some pretty high end 
Japanese beef, right? So when you do start thinking about a steakhouse and you start thinking about Kobe, right, and the, the top beefs that you can possibly have, they kind of right now exist in that Japanese world, right? I mean, that that's where the highest end beef is really coming from. So I'm okay with it. I think it makes sense. I think that it, you know, checks the bo- boxes for a few different things. Yeah, it's I be agree. Expensive, I'm sure. But oh, it's yeah. gonna be oh, it's gonna be so pricey. <laughs> it's gonna yeah. be so expensive. Uh, I just I I'm always a fan of more restaurants. You know, I love food at Disney, and so and, and I don't eat red meat either, actually. But I I would be all for this. So um, yeah, I, I think a, a, another restaurant is always a good thing. Uh, and then this other rumor here, uh, and this one's a little uh, you know this one. I honestly thought this was going to cause more controversy too, but I feel like no one's talking about this. And so the rumor is that talking Mickey at magic kingdom is not going to be talking anymore. So those that don't know, you can meet Mickey at, um, in the town, in the town hall, basically at, at Disney world. And when you go in there, he moves his mouth, his eyes blink. He talks to you. He looks like a real life Mickey mouse. There's rumors that they're going to stop doing that for a lot of reasons. One, because it's been getting really long lines. I guess the heads are very expensive to maintain. It's very expensive to keep them up. I guess there's a lot of downtime with them. Uh, you know, so I, I don't know. I, this isn't a big thing for me. I did it once and I thought it was really cool, but it, it's not like the end of the world for me. I actually, in some ways, find the talking Mickey's a little creepy when I see them <laughs> on, like, just when you see like a show or whatever, or see a parade and you see their mouth moving and their eyes are blinking. I'm like, this is weird, but it's still really cool. Like I, I'm still like amazingly impressed by it every time I see it, but I don't know. I don't think this is the end of the world. I think at the end of the day, kids want to meet Mickey Mouse and they don't care if his mouth is moving or his eyes are blinking, but I could be wrong about that. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we, we met lots of characters when we were there and it's, you know, talking Mickey was definitely, it was fantastic. I, I love that whole interaction. My son loved it. Um, but we saw just as many characters without it and it didn't, like, you, you, you're going, you're right, you're going for the character. You're not going because they're talking to you. So and I never saw him at all. And I'm not like upset about that, so. <laughs> You've never ha- you don't have a picture with Mickey at all. No, talking Mickey. Oh, we're talking. Okay, Mickey, yeah. Now we're talking Mickey. Gotcha. You can find other Mickeys. So, well, yeah. and that's the the other reason they were citing too is that that's the only one that's talking that you can meet at all the parks. Like every every other time you meet Mickey anywhere else, he's not talking. So it kind of confuses people. It's like, why is this one talking? Why do the other ones don't? You know? Okay. Really? <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm sorry, but that that reasoning seems a little yeah, you know, off to me. But okay, <laughs> we'll go well, with that. <laughs> well, and we don't know if this is actually happening or not. It's just rumor at this point. But I, I thought it was interesting to bring up. It doesn't seem like that many people are that upset about it. Um, but the speculation is that it would happen in uh, late spring of 2018. I guess cast members have been saying uh, this, and I guess I guess it's mostly because they've been having a lot of technical difficulties with the heads and and i've also heard too that they're kind of heavy and stuffy that so they have to switch them out a lot you know they, yeah they, it's it, you know you got electronics running inside a little contained thing i'm sure uh, i'm sure that's the, not comfortable <laughs> yeah i'm sure it's not the most fun thing so yeah i also just had a thought too is you know i've, I've seen um videos of electronic failures at disney and you know what it, it like things you know kind of being spastic or flickering or whatever and i i can imagine it being traumatic if you know one of these things had a failure like as some <laughs> kid was talking to it <laughs> uh, i haven't seen a video of one of those that's that would be well, yeah. 
Well, I, I haven't seen this particular one, but yeah, if, if anyone, if if you're, well, I, I don't, I don't recommend it to everybody, but you know, you can look up um, like electrical failures or, or like animatronic failures at, at Disney, and some of them are quite amusing. Like, like uh, I, I saw one on Pirates where the one of the pirates was like, um, like it looked like he was having a seizure because the something was freaking out, so it was like vibrating back and forth. <laughs> isn't there the famous one on Carousel of Progress where the the father like is just slumped over in his chair, pretty much, just completely uh, like yeah. I think I've seen that one before. Yeah, and so so I guess I can see you know from from this standpoint is you know you have a an interaction with a character and suddenly something freaks out you know kid like that that could be traumatic for for little kids so it's probably better to eliminate that than than try and work around it. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. I, I don't think that this is that big of a deal. And maybe it is more so for young kids. But, I mean, kids still go and meet Winnie the Pooh. And Winnie the Pooh doesn't talk to you. I mean, you, you still go and meet Baymax. Baymax doesn't talk to you. So I, I, I just think this is uh, it's kind of an extra cool thing that we've had for a little while. And for it to go away is, you know, not the worst thing in the world. If it even does. This is still a rumor. So Yep. All right. Well, on that, on that note, uh, why don't we uh, wrap this thing up, Trevor? All right. Uh, well, okay, let's see. Let's go through all the normal uh, housekeeping stuff here. So uh, obviously, if anybody wants to contact us, um, feel free to email us at welcomehomepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we love hearing your questions, comments, uh, all that kind of stuff. Um, we, ju- we just love getting our user feedback because, you know, we, we do this because we love it, but we also do it because we know that there's other people out there that love it as much as we do. So so please uh, please drop us an email if you ever get a chance. Uh, you can also check out the website, uh, which is www.welcomehomepodcast.com. Uh, it's not the most up-to-date source on everything we're doing, but uh, you can definitely <laughs> find information about us. And... Damon said his New Year's resolution was to update it. Yep. <laughs> Wait, did I actually say that? I thought you did. Give me a soundbite. If I get a soundbite, I'll <laughs> we'll, do it. We'll find it. But we'll uh, find it. I'm going to find it. But uh, yeah, outside of that, um, we're also on social media. Our, our biggest presence is on Facebook. So you can find us on Facebook as at, or at Welcome Home Podcast. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Welcome Home Pod. And you can find us on Instagram at Welcome Home Picks. And uh, once again, if uh, or we see us posting on there, make sure you like, share our stuff. Um, if you found us via iTunes, uh, we definitely appreciate reviews. It helps us get more visibility. It helps us uh, find more people so that uh, we can share our Disney passion with them. Yeah, and uh, especially don't forget to subscribe to Welcome Home Podcast so you can be reminded every time we release a new episode. Uh, you can find the podcast on iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts uh, app on your iPhone, Google Play Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, anywhere you can get podcasts, you can find us. So, uh, you know, just look around uh, any podcast app that you use and uh, we should be there when you search for Welcome Home. Uh, also, just a reminder, as always, Welcome Home Podcast is for entertainment only. We're not employed by the Walt Disney Company, and as such, any opinion we express on this show is our own. So please consult with a DVC representative for more information, a cast member. Call Disney up. Uh, don't trust us uh, on all these things because, uh, you know, we, we as much as we pretend to be experts, we are, are not, you know, always correct. So <laughs> it's important that you check with uh, the, the experts on this if there's something you have a question about. Um, you can find me on princecharmingvacations.com if you want to plan a Disney vacation and don't know how to do it. And Damon, where can we find you? 
Oh gosh, so I'm going to steal a lot of time here now. You thought you guys were getting off easy. I'm going to stop actually, the recording right now. <laughs> yeah, that's what I figured. So I am actually going to be starting a new YouTube channel that's going to do a lot of Disney stuff. So you kind of have to stay tuned. I have a name. I'm not going to let everyone know what that is yet until I start doing some video, but we'll have that. You can also find me on BSC Kids, but again, like I said, stay tuned for the YouTube stuff. That's coming soon, hopefully. Awesome. All right. Great. We will definitely stay tuned for that. Uh, so join us next time for more Disney Parks discussion and, of course, more DVC talk. Uh, we hope to see you all real soon. This is Skipper Albert Awal, the voice of the jungle, signing off from Welcome Home Podcast on the DVC. We do a huddle when we hit a chair. How she can cuddle is no man's affair. I looked around from pole to pole. Found her in a sugar bowl. Mm-hmm.